Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Today, I'm so excited. We are joined by Mistress Tori Lux. She is a dominatrix, sex worker, and a cultist. We're going to be diving into some shadow work conversations with her today, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm joined by Phoenix and Shady, and I'm Tosca. So thank you so much for coming on this show, Tori. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so I guess... Something I like to ask is, how did your spiritual journey begin? Well, um, okay, so I was actually raised uh, like Southern Baptist, uh, which is awful. And uh, (laughs) I always like felt something wasn't right about all of that. And like the things that I were taught, the things that I was taught – about like my body and like sexuality and fe- like feeling shameful about mm. things that came naturally. Um, I just like in intuitively felt in my body like and on a sensational level that's like those things are actually there and like they're good and mm. there's no reason to feel shame around those things and. Um, you know, I started playing with crystals and uh, reading. Started reading occult books in like uh, I don't know eighth grade or something, and like playing with the lunar cycle and just things like that. And so it wasn't until um, I'd say I started getting really deep into it and really intentional with my practice in like 2011 or 2012, and. Uh, I I kind of cultivated a practice and then studied more and more things and um, eventually started doing shadow work without realizing what it was mm-hmm. um, with various forms of therapy like EMDR, mm-hmm. which is absolutely a form of shadow work. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, over time, just cultivating different things and adding things and mm-hmm. yeah, realizing that uh, – what's going on out here is is within like mm. whatever you see around you like the dirt and the sea and the sky and like the plants like that is you and so like more more realizing that connection and that oneness mm. you know yeah shifting the perspective from being separate from the earth or from the collective is so powerful yeah and like cultivating a language to articulate to your unconscious mind through like ritual mm, yeah, yeah through like uh, ceremonial magic and stuff oh, I love ritual and ceremonial <laughs> magic I'm so excited to talk more yay yeah. <laughs> cool what is um oh shady here what is EMDR the did um, I get those letters right at all <laughs> so EMDR is uh it stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Ooh. It is a form of uh, like PTSD therapy um, because what what trauma does is it uh, like our brain wants to protect us from trauma, so it kind of like traps away the sensations that we receive 
from it as like a defense mechanism, which that developed through just like generations of evolution. Mm. Um, but that actually harms us by like kind of keeping us there in that cycle. So what EMDR does is like a, like a therapist, someone that is licensed to do it. Um, there's a couple different methods, but what it does is it creates a bilateral stimulation in your brain and kind of puts you in a, in a state of like kind of objectively like reliving and experiencing that moment again. So you can kind of see it as if it's on a TV screen or something Mm. and going through those sensations so that they pass through you and you process them and you're no longer like that, like bound to them. Right. Just feeling it. You're just kind of like seeing it all laid out in a more objective way. Right. And And so it frees you from, uh, from, you know, frees your consciousness from like reliving that all the time. And so you evolve. Well, that's cool. Yeah. It's great. It's powerful. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a lot. Science is magic. Yeah. It really is. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's something I've looked into, but now that you've described that in more in depth, I'm like, okay, I think I really need to try it. It saved my life. It really did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did it for years and I'm about to start doing it again. But yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. I read about it in one of my PTSD books. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, truly mm, life changing. It'll should like find someone in my area. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it'll free mm-hmm. up all this like energy that's been trapped, just like trying to keep you from yourself, mm-hmm. and like essentially. Oh, that's beautiful. So, how would you describe shadow work? Shadow work is um, okay. So. I wrote down some things here. I'm just going to check my notes. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So our, our shadow, I think everyone at this table knows what our shadow is. Mm-hmm. But like for our listeners, I guess like our shadow is our our unconscious mind. And it's like the things there um, are like our shame, our trauma, like the things that aren't like societally like, you know, uh, socially acceptable behavior. Um, it's uh, things that are considered taboo in society and, and it's our kind of more primal nature as well. And shadow work is just like holding space for that and and being present for it and allowing it to express mm. so that like it, it creates more of a unity within the self instead of this like othering of the self, which we then project onto other people and Mm. we other other people that way. Um, And that's where like stigma comes from on a collective level and stuff Mm. like that with various things. Um, But yeah, it's just like being present for those sensations and really like getting really nasty and just like feeling that just tangled like muck feeling, just letting it be and like celebrating it. Mm, yeah and like it's, it's fucking gross but it's amazing <laughs> just like get it out yeah mm, gnarly yeah. <laughs> i like to call it exercising the demons which exactly I, which i need to do every once in a while for mm. sure yeah so, that's yeah. exactly what it's like but at the, the same time analogy. i take note not to like shame my dark side entirely because that would just like, begins oh, very yeah. cyclical mm-hmm. right and no, you yeah. just end up in a loop it's like okay well just be present for yeah it just and... like okay this happened and you accept it mm-hmm. and not having to like live in that shame and guilt and i think we can relate having been raised catholic originally i had that same feeling towards especially sexuality so shadow work's been helpful for me as well and that 
Right, mm-hmm. right. Because like that thing that we're shaming, that thing that we're pushing down, that's actually us. Mm-hmm. And like the more we bring that up and like into the light of consciousness, you know, into the light of day and not like keeping it down in our like basement or whatever, mm-hmm. like the more it can integrate and like it's actually a really fertile like source of really just infinite power mm-hmm. yeah. yeah there's a lot of power in the shadow too yeah exactly yeah yeah mm-hmm. I have said this quote before but I'm going to say it again because I feel like it just is so accurate for shadow work but if you want to kill the monster you have to say its name mm-hmm. and I I can't remember where I heard that it was probably tumblr back in the day but I think it's not so much about like killing the monster but yeah. it's about making it transforming it from a monster to just being a fact. what it is yeah yeah because yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, like that monster has got its own perspective mm. like yeah like uh we are we are the monster to the monster mm-hmm. you know like it's it's a it's like a very much like a we have to be uh we have to celebrate like the duality, mm-hmm. you know, cause we're on this, like we're in this realm right now on this plane of like duality, mm-hmm. but really like the, you know, Yanima Mundi, like the world spirit, it's mm-hmm. like, it's all one, but we're like in yeah. this illusion of duality here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're also connected. So it's like, what is my shadow is also part of the collective shadow and so it's like the work that I do has a ripple effect outwards and I exactly yeah yeah. it all starts with the individual but Mm. goes out into the collective so how have you practiced shadow work um a lot of different ways um EMDR is more of the is more of a clinical way that I've that I've um, had that experience, um, just daily practice of meditation and like journaling and just like stream of consciousness, whatever comes out and just letting it be and being present for it mm-hmm. and being present for the emotions that arise for that. Um, specific meditation around things that make me feel like total shit about myself and mm-hmm. just like going in and like really just reveling in those like feelings that I receive that I perceive as negative with like sensationally but just like going in there and feeling them Mm. and then through feeling them they transmute into something that can like serve me you know and Mm. then or mushrooms psychedelics (laughs) yeah that really helps it's like a big tool for PTSD too Mm. um yeah let's see I think I like that you brought up journaling too because it helps so much um, in identifying emotions. I think a lot of my um, getting to the root of things has had to start with identifying and sometimes just writing out. And because we lie to ourselves so often, it's so easy to tell ourselves a story about what you're feeling or what's happening. So sometimes I just write out how I'm feeling and it's not exactly always fact. Maybe it's how I felt at that moment, but it, it gets it out and allows me to see, oh, maybe... Maybe I wasn't seeing that from like the best perspective. So journaling and really just identifying your emotions can really be like just a gateway into diving deeper into this shadow work. Yeah. And like holding space for the the just like the raw emotion part. Mm-hmm. And like it's so abstract mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. 
And just like kind of removing the mundane from it and just letting it be the pure like raw feeling. Cause mm-hmm. there's just like such a, like, it's a really, like our shadow is such a teacher, you know, like mm-hmm. it's a brat. It's, <laughs> it's a real trickster, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's there to teach us stuff. Mm-hmm. Good thing I'm a brat tamer. (laughs) Works out quite well. Yeah, that was like on your BDSM test, right? Yeah, well, in my BDSM test, all of the pairings are pretty close to one another because I'm very switchy. So, Mm. yeah, duality is my jam. So you can be a brat and a brat tamer. Exactly. (laughs) But with the journaling, too, um, I agree with Phoenix. It's kind of interesting just seeing the way in which you wrote things down, I think that kind of provides clarity too. It's like, okay, I I express my thoughts this way, but I feel like I do want to journal more, but a lot of times I'm just kind of thinking it all through my head and I'm like, I got this. Yeah, it's clear. So um, for either of you or all of you, um, what's a way in which journaling has become easier or at least getting yourself to do it more regularly? Because that's something I have difficulty with, just starting a lot of the time. Um, morning pages. Yeah, I was going to say morning pages. <laughs> if you read The Artist's Way, um, mm-hmm. well, it's not a, a read, more of a workbook. Workbook. It's a 12-week program. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> Tori, what would you say? Um, I just like, honestly, I, whenever I have anything that I feel like I need to talk about, I just like pull out either this journal, my journal for those who can't see what I'm pointing at or my phone. And like, even if I'm driving or something, just like talk into the fucking notepad, just get it out. Like stream of consciousness style. Like it doesn't have to be, you don't have to put pressure around it to be like this formal thing. Like the magic is like in the fucking like purge it's in like Mm. just what comes out you Mm -hmm. know and if you just like like making time in the morning like for for my morning practice like journaling is totally part of that um but sometimes like when I get thrown off my routine it helps to just like let it come out when it's going to come out Mm-hmm. You know, I think I might have to do that because yeah. the morning is very difficult for me to articulate mm-hmm. any thoughts. Well, I think the reason why the artist way suggests morning pages is because we're kind of in this halfway place between the subconscious and the conscious being half awake, you know, like before you have your coffee, before you do anything else, if you just write, you're still kind of connected to your dreams. So I think that's why it's suggested at that time. But yeah, I know you and you're you're like a night kind of gal. I don't know <laughs> what I've been recently, but I'm going back towards the light soon. Um, yeah, I can get kind of thrown off in my routine for sure. But I do not answer any text or I'm trying not to until I've been awake at least 30 minutes because I woke up to like 58 texts yesterday and immediately started answering but then realized I wasn't understanding what people were saying in the text completely misinterpreted and then just got very confused all around and then was like oh okay that's what they meant. Yeah, no more morning texts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally helps to journal like before we let any like exterior stimuli influence mm-hmm. our brain. 
Mm-hmm. I like to not let anyone like what's also you don't have to be available to everyone right away that you know the second that you open your eyes and I, I struggled with that for a little while I was like oh gotta check work emails gotta check my business other my other like, multiple email accounts and gotta mm-hmm. check this and respond to this person and it's like actually it can wait those 30 minutes so like it's great that you're doing that because it's going to be really helpful for you right. just just establish that boundary for yourself yeah, and I'm just a total bitch in the morning but too. That's, so that's, it's not. But let that be the time for you to wake up and decompress, and you know, coming out of dream state. And if you decide to journal, great. But I think Tori's suggestion of the audio might actually help you, Shady. Like even the voice notes, you can use voice notes and just listen to it later. Yeah, I'll just oh be no, like, I don't mean like well, recording. either or. Yeah, but you like, can do it in the. Notes I use my or, microphone because it's right. like hands free. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. I've done that <laughs> in. I don't yell into the phone and then it's there. Mm-hmm. It's a tangle and it's a lot of it's like the, not the word that you said because it's like yeah auto it's, whatever dic- it's voice funny. diction voice to text but yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either, yeah yeah either voice to text or voice memos both of those are really useful yeah, for I th- that I thought I was just gonna be like hey Alexa blah 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 <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> Yeah, but don't advertise stuff to me. So So going back to kink. (laughs) Yeah, BDSM is like Mm. truly a form of shadow integration. Mm. Because like any any scenario where we can get in touch with that like primal like underlying self and like tapping into like our shadow self, our trauma or or whatever, like our – uh, it uh, BDSM allows a container to explore the, those things safely and like expertly mm. when it's done right, you know. Yeah, integrating healing with BDSM I think has been one of the most powerful ways for me to work through past trauma, like sexual trauma and even just like childhood stuff. And absolutely, I wonder how. Why do you think that is? Because it's 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 going back to this uh, to this space where like we we're perceiving like our safety is compromised, mm. and we're either like we're bound and we we're we're relinquishing control. Um, we're surrender. We're we have no choice but to surrender to our dominant or whatever our dom in power exchange like that, like the submissive relinquishes control of themselves like to the dom. Within a container, and like like the uh, the what plays out, like ultimately the submissive has control over the whole scene, but it's the dominant's job to like safely and expertly like curate an experience where that person feels like they're they have lost control, and they have no choice but to surrender to like the physical sensations, whether that's pain or just like intensity or the psychological. Uh, aspects of all of mm. it and it can be um it can take us to some really dark places mm. whether we've been like psychologically or physically or sexually abused like it takes us back into those spaces where those emotions lie mm. and you know a lot of times like wires get crossed and um sometimes it's purely trauma and sometimes it's like well, this thing happened and it was traumatic and I kind of like it and those feelings are confusing. Mm. Um, But BDSM provides that space to explore that and to uh, experience a catharsis around it so that it's no longer holding us back. Mm. 
Yeah. That and like keeping us stagnant, really. Like shadow integration is a, is a tool for like releasing us from stagnancy. Mm. Yeah. It's like you're holding that pain in your body, but through BDSM, you're able to kind of release it or release the demons. Exactly. (laughs) It's fun. You should not let those. It's getting in touch with like your very humanity. Mm. Truly. Like when we, when we get in touch with the scary, like primal part of ourselves, the primal part of ourselves is no, like on the, on the duality part, like on this primal versus divine, like, our primal and our divine aspects seem so different, so opposite, but they're one. Mm. And when like we acknowledge and we celebrate that primal side and we go into those, those dark spaces where we've had trauma, we like have this dawn, this dawning of like wisdom happen within us. Like, Oh fuck. It was one all along. Like I was whole all along. It was just this need, need, you know, catharsis and acknowledgement. And that's Mm. what, that's a like BDSM has a huge part to play in that. Mm. Yeah, I've been super excited to talk to you, Tori, just because I recently discovered my dom side, which I did not think I was dominant at all before. I had no interest in dominating any guys. And yeah, I met this one guy and he just had the right energy and I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I did not know that that was down there at all. And as I've become more like, I guess, more into BDSM, I've just become aware of how I do need a kink and that I am actually definitely more dominant now than submissive, although I'm still pretty switchy. But yeah, I like the power exchanges and not knowing like, okay, if you like to top from the bottom, it's like, who is really doming who and what is going on? Exactly. Or like when submissives get like, they try and provoke the dom or like piss us off. People do that in my email box, like trying to, and I'm like, you're not getting free labor out of me, my dude. (laughs) I see you. Right. Or you just know... They think that you're going to punish them in this certain way, but I'm like, I see what you're doing. No, you're going to get actual right. punishment. <laughs> there's a there's a difference between like punishment as in like uh, what they think is, oh, punishment, which is actually their reward and actual punishment, <laughs> yeah. which is behavior modification, which is like, I'm going to fucking, mm. you're not going to enjoy that. And you're going to learn not to fuck with me like that again. Mm-hmm. And uh that's where we like when when doing that it's it's like helpful to establish what the things that they like are and also like what 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 don't you like what sucks for you mm. like what what can i do to make sure like you know whether it's like kneeling on a broomstick or rice kneeling on rice we know all um, about that rice yeah, uh-huh. shady was present when i had to kneel on rice it was Oh boy. Yeah, or like making them stand in the corner for like a really long time or like forbidding them from masturbating or something that is not fun. Um, And then they learn. Yes, they do. Behavior modification. Tying them to a chair and then masturbating in front of them (laughs) while they can't do anything. They're just like, yep, didn't expect that. So as a professional dominatrix, have you been able to work with people uh, 
with their shadow? Like, is that something you've been able to bring your spirituality to your sexual work? Absolutely. Um, I haven't really had a lot of conversations or like specifically around shadow work mm-hmm. or spirituality, like with many of my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just kind of like there. It's there, yeah. Like <laughs> they kind of say it without saying it. Um, just because like the language isn't really there doesn't mean what's happening isn't happening, mm-hmm. you know? And um, mm-hmm. especially with like humiliation and stuff like that, like people who have to be in control all the time, they come in and like like f- certain humiliation scenes just like break them down and like it's really satisfying to me to be able to like make someone cry mm. and like just that trembling, just like messy drooling, like snot, like tears and just like melting into this like fetal position because then it's like truly they're releasing on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, they're allowing. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. And like being present for them and witnessing that like they need it. Mm. Yeah. Carrying the mask is a heavy burden to bear. Yeah. Oh my God. So I was on the beach like a couple days ago because I live in Long Beach and like I live right next to the beach and like a friend of mine were walking on the beach and we were talking and like we saw this person who was probably in their 20s kind of like 100 feet away and they were just like Aah! like screaming guttural just like at nothing just like they were just like they were um I don't know. I don't know. They were just like screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming at nothing. And like we kind of like looked at them. We're like, yeah, like fucking get it out. Because like Mm -hmm. in this like it's self-care. He's Mm -hmm. They were like providing this like space for themselves to release Mm -hmm. and truly getting to like the nitty gritty of what self-care really is for for themselves in that moment Mm -hmm. and not caring about like what they look like or like because you can get arrested for that, like, you know, and, like, people are going to look at you like fucking weirdo, but they didn't give a fuck. They were just, like, letting it out for, like, several minutes, and we were looking at them, like, trying not to stare, but, like, yeah, like, kind of, like, celebrating them, and they looked at us, and they were like, keep walking, and we're like, right on, <laughs> keep doing you, like, fuck yeah, and we kept walking, and they screamed for a long time, but it's, like, this, like, capitalist infrastructure that we're all locked in right now doesn't allow for very human things like that. And like, Mm. we all need things like that, various things like that. Like there's this whole like industry around self-care now, which is like, some of it can be helpful. Obviously I'm not talking about stuff like therapy or necessary real things like that, but I mean like like a fucking $12 cupcake isn't (laughs) self-care. You know what I'm saying? Like, Showing up for yourself and allowing yourself to be exactly what you are in that moment is self-care and like it is anti-capitalist and Mm -hmm. it is rejection, vehement rejection of this like patriarchal capitalist infrastructure and like it's rebellion and it's taking back the self. Mm -hmm. It's empowerment. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful to see that. I think cupcakes can definitely be self-care. But without I think a doubt, without core, a doubt. The core thing that I'm really taking from this, you have to give yourself what you need 
that's self-care. And yeah. sometimes it can look like a cupcake and sometimes it can look like screaming on the beach. Sometimes it can be like really whimsical and like indulgent and cute and sometimes it can be fucking hideous mm. and nasty and <laughs> ugly and both are valid. Yeah. The whole spectrum is valid. It's mm. all good. I yeah. think I think as self-care has become more popular, people are like, oh yeah, it's just like salt baths yeah. and dousing myself in essential oils. And it's like, no, it can look really ugly sometimes. And yeah. Because that's part of it. Like I have a whole like wind down at the end of the day mm-hmm. ritual that includes like showering and like burnt like sacred smoke and like um resins and herbs and whatever and clearing this space and we, we all have things like that and that's crucial self-care mm. but it's also holding space for the ugly stuff i think what is happening in and it's just becoming like it's a capital thing I, like what shady said and what we've said before is what i really think it is is they're just trying to market you know these bath bombs and face masks and all this stuff that is part of self-care but physical wellness is not the only part of self-care as we've pointed out like this you know facing yourself and cutting out toxicity and really you know doing the work to to be you know to that's be the that's best it. you that's do the work <laughs> that is like, self-care not not just those other things are they're lovely but the way yeah. that they're painted is right now it is kind of like a trendy thing mm-hmm. that i think people are getting the wrong idea with yeah and i feel like it's not painting the whole picture mm-hmm. Mm. It's incomplete. And, and that's like, important. It's reductive and it's like insulting to like how complex we all are, mm-hmm. you know? And people need to release in different ways too. And I think that people don't really, you know, get to explore what self-care might be best for them because that could be completely different from another person. Like, oh yeah, for instance, um, I build up subjective. a lot of tension in my body. So self my self-care, I kind of need like intense physical things to happen in order to kind of wind down and soothe myself at the end of the day. So um, like I've, well, my friend and I have waterboarded ourselves Ooh. and that's kind of my form of self-care Hardcore. in a completely mm-hmm. safe way, yeah, yeah. consensual way. So yeah, that helps me um, relax quite a bit. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I love how different self-care can look. <laughs> it's so subjective. It's like it's just like tapping into your own needs. Mm. There's no one way. There's no like right way, you know, as long as it's safe and consensual. Yes, yeah, safe and consensual. That is key. And like not going to get you locked away. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Also a good, good thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Mm. What other ways uh, has BDSM or just kink lifestyle in general, whether in your work and your personal life, um, influenced um, your day-to-day or your spiritual practice, but not just with shadow work, but just in general? Um, That's great. That's a great question. Just like when life – like, you know, because every day we, we see peaks and valleys in our, like, mental landscape based on like what we're experiencing on an external level or like just within and like when things seem to be getting intense or like hard, kind of like almost treating life like it's a dom and like just being present with whatever she's giving me and like 
finally like submitting, meaning like meeting what I need to meet at that moment to like, like, what am I, what do I need to learn from this moment? Like, what do I need Mm -hmm. to learn here and now, like with whatever would be going on? Um, and then, uh, just like coming to that, like really humble, like place of humanity within the self. And then like, uh, yeah, just submitting to that. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's such a power exchange just with life itself all (laughs) the time, you know, being present in the moment sounds like you kind of mastered a little bit. (laughs) Sometimes no, but that's yeah. Or no, no, well, we're not. No one can be perfect at that. But like, it, it sounds like you are getting to be much more, you know, mindful than most people that you meet day to day. So because it's such a like, even the terrifying, scary things are such a gift. Like the thing that like actually, the my least favorite way to feel, or my least like my the scariest point for me is when I go numb. Because that's I'm like oh fuck like yep. I'm dissociating or like I I'm just numb like that's I that's the worst for me and that's mm-hmm. when I like I have Great. practices for that too but sometimes coming to the point where I even realize that I'm numb mm-hmm. is hard yeah mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like having that self awareness around like being numb is a trick sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it's tricky yep that it is. That it is. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, well, you're just, you're very insightful on these topics. Um, so I appreciate oh, thank you. all your <laughs> sharing with us. Thanks for, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for, yeah, this is great. So what advice would you give to someone who's like, I want to do shadow work? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, buckle up, baby. <laughs> um, I would say... Someone who's just starting out in intentional shadow work, pay attention just to your internal landscape. Like invest in like a little notepad or a journal or whatever that you can just like talk to yourself in it and cultivate um, that conversation with yourself, all parts of yourself. Like don't be afraid of what comes out. Don't be afraid of the ugliness or the, like, if you have hatred or what, like, shame or, like, just any of those gnarly, like, things that you automatically want to shut yourself off from because they seem scary or, like, wrong. Just get them out. And you don't even have to show it to anybody. It's totally yours. The more you, the deeper relationship you cultivate with yourself, like, the better off you'll be for just in your own life and with the collective, like on a collective level. Mm. So, and then like once you feel more comfortable with that, you know, going to a therapist, like if you can find a therapist that works for you, because that can be hard in itself, but like addressing your needs on like on other levels, whether you, whether you need like different treatments or like if you feel comfortable experimenting in a safe way with kink. Um, if you have like access to people and situations um, that you can do that safely, that's a great way to to explore shadow integration. I do not condone drug use, <laughs> but psychedelics are great. 
Uh, in very small amounts. Yeah. Microdosing is actually a great way to integrate. Oh, yeah. And you don't even necessarily feel that. Um, you don't feel like you're tripping or anything if you if you really truly mm-hmm. microdose. Yeah, you're not supposed to be like you're not supposed it's to just, feel it. It's just adding like a it's little subtle. bit of clarity, right? Which can help with like the self awareness, right? And like enhancing neuroplasticity and um, making those uh, what are they called uh, synapses? <laughs> those things. <laughs> <laughs> and meditation. That's meditation is like probably the most fundamental tool out of them all. Uh, for that that and, comes right back to like just paying attention like to the self and what is is occurring and happening there and what does me- meditation look like to you because I know it's different for a lot of people I know a lot of people like like there's like a big popular like uprising and kind of guided meditations and stuff right now and those are great and those are really helpful and I've, I certainly do those but just like just sitting and paying attention to the breath and like slow, like deep breathing and paying attention to that until you kind of like everything kind of disappears. Just like absolute pure nothingness, like I guess traditional style meditation or whatever. Um, and just start with like a few minutes a day until and work your way up. But like, uh, It's like exercising, like, you know, a different part of the body that you haven't used before. Like it kind of sucks at first, but then eventually it gets easier and easier and more natural because I'm such an impatient fuck. Like I'll do those meditation apps where it's like, you know, sit still for 30 seconds and I look and it's been like five seconds and I'm like, damn it, this is hard. I would just like (laughs) set a timer for yourself, like on your phone or something and then like a gentle, like don't like set a kitchen timer because that's when you get into an actual <laughs> meditative state, that's really abrasive. Mm. So just like a very gentle sound after a certain amount of time to kind of, and then like when you're meditating and and you feel yourself coming out of it or that sound happens indicating that it's time to stop, give yourself a few like seconds to come back into your body because the where we go like on a spiritual level when that happens, like, we want to come back to this plane on the, like, kind of slowly. We don't want to go, we don't want to just jolt back. So, like, that helps. It's like and, stretching. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a cool down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All in the metaphors today, Shady. I like that. <laughs> I know. Mantras have also mm-hmm. helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just getting mm-hmm. started, like mantras helped me when I was getting started too. Kundalini has been great for me. Yeah, Kundalini mm-hmm. like changed Kundalini yoga like changed my life. Oh yeah, my God. it's it's there's no. I always used to joke there's no drug like Kundalini because yeah. I walk out of those classes feeling like nothing. Like I just always like ah. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, so like, alive and refreshed. Fire. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the serpent energy, sound baths mm-hmm. too, so cleansing. Mm-hmm. So this is a question we've been asking all of our guests. If you could give your younger self any advice about sex, and I guess maybe a little, you know, shadow work, you can give some advice for that too. (laughs) What would it be? You don't owe anyone your body. Mm. And if it Unless it feels 
really good and empowering and you know this person has your best interest in mind, don't bother with this energy exchange. I think a lot of us, especially femme people, are taught that we owe our body and we owe our personal space and our consent. Like one one thing that happened when I was a kid that's like, I've worked through it, but like, uh, I remember being like 11 years old and like my two male cousins like tickling me a lot, like tickling me and tickling me. And like at one point I got really mad and I screamed at them, stop, like I screamed. And my stepmother at the time sat me down on the couch and reprimanded me and said, you can't lose your cool like that. And so giving me the message, Mm -hmm. these people are allowed to violate your space and you just have to let it happen. And I internalized that. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have experiences like that. Obviously there are worse things that happen like – legit like rape and molestation and things like that and assault um i didn't want to get too far into like actual Mm. trauma but just like learning that message yeah it's violating consent i learned that message myself i think so many of us have and Mm -hmm. like we Mm -hmm. we didn't talk about it Mm -hmm. i feel like there's a collective conversation happening around this kind of stuff now but like Mm -hmm. we didn't talk about it because it was just the way that it was Mm -hmm. and so like if i could go back i would sit that little girl down and say Fuck them. No. <laughs> no one gets access to you unless you want them to have it and you're in the right for screaming at them. Mm. So mm. you have total autonomy over your being and over yourself and no one gets to strip you of that. Mm. Yeah, consent and boundaries is such an important thing to focus on early. In, like, Oh, yeah. Respecting others yeah. and like – The second you're sexually active. <laughs> oh, Yeah. It's about like, because the more we understand our own autonomy and have respect for our own boundaries, we have respect for others as well. Mm. Like as within, so without. It applies to fucking everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I've said fuck a lot. Am I allowed to? It's a very fucky episode. I'm into it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. I'm Thanks so for grateful having me. This, this was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tori. Tori. <laughs> Hey there, Tosca here. So I wanted to take a quick moment to share with you all about how you can support the Sex Magic Podcast. If you haven't already, you should follow us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Pretty much everything is under Sex Magic Podcast. You can also find us at sexmagicpodcast.com and we have all of our links there. But most importantly, we recently launched our Patreon and it's really important to support us Because our collective of co-hosts offers a diverse perspective on sex and magic. Though we each come from various backgrounds and cultures, our unifying passion is to empower and explore sexuality, spirit, and the occult in a safe and approachable environment. Each week, we offer a new episode on a fresh subject in the realm of spirituality and sexuality. We interview a variety of guests, from authors to psychologists to witches and beyond. We strive to share content that is educational, inspirational, and mystical. So join us on our journey through sex magic by supporting the work we do. Every dollar goes towards propelling us forward and will allow us to continue creating podcasts. 
By supporting our podcast, you'll join our community and be part of the conversation. Our Patreon patrons will gain access to various resources, rituals, recipes, and behind-the-scenes access. With more funding for our Sex Magic podcast, Coven can dedicate more time to crafting sacred offerings to our supporters, sex magic courses, videos, spell books, and we really would love for you to be part of our sexy little coven. So I also wanted to take a moment to shout out a few of the patrons we have so far. Shout out to Melina Beatrice and to... Meredith Andrews, thank you so, so much. And also a shout out to my boyfriend and to my mom. Thanks y'all for supporting. means a lot. (laughs) So follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website, and support us on Patreon. We love you and we want to continue offering these amazing podcast episodes. And we're so grateful to do that and have your support.